How are you doing today? This is Chip and George at Inside Out at Saddleback Church. What's going on? It's an amazing day. It has been a good day. It's been awesome. It has. We uh, saw some pretty special people today. It was one of those days that you work hard for, and when everything turns out really well, you can just kind of take a deep sigh of relief. And so George and I are just kind of kicking back at the grill house going, oh, gosh, what a fun day. It worked out well. It did. We uh, Can we say what we did? Of course. Okay, okay. Well, we do some pretty top secret stuff. I don't know uh, <laughs> if we're allowed to talk about it. But, uh, yeah, so we did a celebration lunch for Rick being inaugurated as uh, chancellor or something like that. He was... Um, think installed as the chancellor of Spurgeon University in England. So there were people oh, in England. In England. It, oh. It's a huge deal. And Charles Spurgeon is like really one of the top theologians of, of, of all time. Okay. As far as his insight, how his his books have really changed the world. Okay. So, so Spurgeon uh English and he was a philosopher, theologian, he, he was a Christian. He was a theologian. Okay. In Christianity? The, well, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't know. There's different sects of Christianity, right? Martin Luther. There's a, a couple of different, right? Yes. Yes. So Spurgeon have his own form of Christianity? Is that, or is he just? It's just basic. You know, I'm not, I'm, I personally am not a theologian. I'm a follower of Jesus. So I, I read my Bible, I, but I'm not a theologian. What classifies somebody as a theologian? I think somebody that... Has a paper published? Uh, <laughs> has written a book? That'd be good. Okay. Well, a lot of friends, you know, I have friends who have PhDs in, in theology or that teach or that write books. Like Rick would be, Rick right. Warren would be considered a theologian. You know, so there's somebody who has a theory? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Because uh, in that case, we're all... Theologians. To an extent, right. I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're studying philosophers. Yeah, we're studying the Word of God. Yeah. Right, George? You yeah. Read, you're reading that Bible I gave you? Uh, every seven days. Okay. God's Day, every Sunday. Do you really read it on Sundays? No, I don't. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to lie on here. George. I read it. I got me all worked up there, George. I hate to admit this because it sounds so mean and just not who I am, but. A lot of the times when I do read the Bible, it's so that I understand my arguments. Does that make sense? Like you're like, kind of getting ammo? Yes. So you can like attack Christians? Well, not attack. You know who else But be on that? the same page as them. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I just don't want them to know more than me if we're going to have a conversation about something. Okay. So that's a, a lot of it is more research and you're to some extent ammo i guess because it seems like a lot of conversations about religion are usually fights and they shouldn't be you're right they, and that's one of the things i love about rick warren is, is he just says hey we can agree to disagree yeah and, and let's be civil let's have a discussion and i i love having discussions with people that think differently whether it's different faiths or different political views and that's one of the i because i'm fascinated to see why do you think that way thousand percent I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that because that's been my whole thing is I know I think of some pretty way out stuff. So totally. me finding out what somebody else thinks and what they believe is super interesting. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do. I can't appreciate everyone's belief. It just uh, I just don't like when they start forcing those beliefs on other people. 
Well, and I agree too. And I think that like for, for Christianity, I think it's a choice. God gives us a choice. Are we now gonna, it is. Are we going to walk with Christ or not? You know, are you going to, are you going to accept Jesus? Right. Are you going to accept the teachings of Christ? Are you going to accept the forgiveness of, of, of Christ or not? Right. And it's a gift. And, and I do like the fact that it's not my job to convert anybody. Only, only God can do that. The Holy Spirit draws people to him. And uh, I see that time after time, you know, I, I need Bible studies for high school kids and college kids and, and every, every time we have a great discussion or a great Bible study with my high school kids, there's no doubt about it. That it's just because the Holy Spirit showed up, God showed up and guided that conversation. I like to be prepared, right. but then I also want to be open you know, to what God has. I don't want to just show up and go, well, let's just see what the Holy Spirit's got for us today. Right. I want to make sure that I've got a plan. Was that your uh, TV evangelist voice? Uh, that was that my... Was that. <laughs> <laughs> that I can't my, wait to hear that again on the that podcast. Was, that was my, that was my out in uh, in the south. Yeah. that's my. I, I have friends in Tennessee, so I don't. Right, but be careful who you insult. <laughs> that is my preacher from Possum Holler. There we go. Okay, Possum Holler. It's uh, it's all about. <laughs> uh, no, you know one thing that I, I mean I've only met Rick a handful of times, and it's so funny to me. And he, you're actually the one that brought this to my attention. It was like, you're like, George, you're like in the in crowd, you know? And I just, I, it, which was a big part of this podcast is because I'm going around seeing all these people that are just so high up in status here. And here I come in, not even a part of the church. So it's kind of an invasive. But one thing that I've noticed about Rick is for all the hubbub and all the magazine covers and all of that, dude's just a normal dude. Yeah, he's just a joker, and a, like he's super. He doesn't come across at all like a celebrity. Well, yeah, you know, and I can imagine that must take some really big personal either growth or fortitude to not fall into the traps of other people worshiping you, right? That's all we want is people to like us. So when a congregation worldwide likes you, and you're still a pretty chill dude, it says a lot. I think I, I really do. I admire that. Well, I do too, and yeah. I think that he um, he loves the Lord, and he has a sincere faith. And I think that every time somebody says, "Oh, Rick, you're this or that," you know, you're amazing. Yeah. I think he just kind of gives that to the Lord. Yeah, and yeah, he, yeah, he's just a humble, a humble man, and and it's been great to get to know him and Kay and their family over the years. And and we got to serve him lunch today, so that's how George yeah. and I got to be invited, and they liked it. We did. We did uh, chicken veronique, uh, white wine cream sauce, and scalloped potatoes, and they liked it. They liked it, so I was happy. Yeah, uh, this is now an infomercial for Chips Catering Company. <laughs> <laughs> so you want chicken or? <laughs> no, we'll take orders. <laughs> uh, no, and it was cool. Tom was there. A couple of elders were there, like funny Tom and Tom Holiday. Tom Holiday. It always surprises me, man, how just cool everybody is. It's not real churchy, you know, you did pray before, but it's, I, I am constantly surprised around here with how comfortable I am here. I, I church in the past has made me so uncomfortable, dude, like skin crawl uncomfortable. Yeah. Because it, it's just, you just feel like the second I walk into a spot, I'm going to burn in hell because they just make you feel like everything you're doing is wrong. 
as opposed to here where it's more like, no, we're a bunch of screw ups too. Come on in. Well, that's even hanging out with me. <laughs> so, you know, the main screw up. <laughs> the main screw up. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, there's no hiding. I yeah, no, it, it is a, it is a, uh, I could see how somebody could fall online around here. Well, it's, it's fun to just see. It's just regular people. It's, well, it's fun to see happy people. Yeah. Everyone's pretty stoked. You've yeah. got a lot to Everyone's be happy about. You've got a lot to be happy about. Every yeah. day, you know, when I look at the reality, you know, the world has one reality that they want you to believe, you know. Which is? Which is you're not good enough. It says that you've got to, you know, strive. Do you feel that now, though? Now in today's society where everyone's included, there's participation trophies everywhere. Everyone's so important. Any voice, even though how big a population a certain sect has, like let's just say trans, that the, the percentage of trans in the community is so small, but now I feel like they have the main voice. Does that make sense? I hear you, but I think we, we still live in a world that's performance-based, that's your value is based on what you can do for me and you know how much money you have or what social status you have. Right. And, and bringing it back to, to Rick and Kay, you know, look, you know, they, I, I could tell you story after story where you know, just a humble ax. I mean, if anybody could be, hey, you know, I'm a big deal, it would be Rick Warren. Right, right, right. Um, I cater, short story, I, I helped cater uh, Shondell and Tom's son, um, Luke, amazing, brilliant kid, uh, catered his wedding. I got there early to set everything up, and I was just serving the food that they bought at a restaurant, so it was okay. really easy for me. Right. And it was freezing that day. It was just cold and people were walking around in the lawn and it was muddy and it was... Was it here? Uh, no, it was down at the Rancho Capistrano okay. campus. And, and we had set everything up and got everything going. And um, at night, I'm walking and I, you know, I'm kind of folding up the chairs as a volunteer, you know, folding up the chairs, sloshing around in the mud and it's freezing. And I, I, somebody else was there and I couldn't see who it was. And I just kept folding up the chairs, folding up the chairs, and I turned around. It was it was Rick Warren. He's helping me fold chairs. Helping me fold chairs at his nephew's wedding. Yeah. And I just thought, oh my gosh. And and I the same like when I showed up, you know, Kay Warren was ironing tablecloths <laughs> and getting thing ready, getting everything ready. So it's it's really no pretense and and yeah. and and that's so inspiring. And you know, like I said, of, of all the people that could say, hey, I'm a huge deal. Yeah. You know, Rick, Rick doesn't cling to that. And, and and that's an example in my life. I do not want to cling to any, you know, popularity or any um, acclaim. You know, that doesn't belong to me. I, I believe that's the Lord's. And I believe, like, my reputation, whether it's good or bad, I give that to the Lord. Right. And it's not something that I want to hold on to and, and build up. I mean, Jesus didn't, you know, so I don't want, you know, I, I don't want to. Yeah. That reminds me, like, uh, I just made a connection as you were saying that with a fight gym and church as to where, like, when you go to a, a fight gym and there's a class, uh, it's very possible if that gym has professional fighters that they're going to be in that class. So you have guys who it's their first day. Yeah. It's their first, they've been there for a month. And then you got guys who are in the UFC and they're all in this class and they're all participating in all the same warm-ups they're participating in all the same things they're helping wipe down the mats afterward they're helping put away all the equipment afterward yeah. you know, there's no 
hierarchy in the class. It's once you get set, you know what I mean? If you take it to another level like the UFC or Bellator or, you know, yeah. something like that. Uh, but that's what I've always loved about you, not UFC, I'm sorry, uh, MMA is that you could be stretching next to, you know, a fighter and, and the UFC is, you know, going to be there in two months. He's got a fight coming up and he's there working on his thing just the same way you are. And yeah. it, it's always been a thing where you revere these people, but you you don't worship them because they're in there sweating with you. So when yeah. you see them on TV, you're just like, oh, there's that guy. It's like, oh, my gosh, there's that guy. You know, and I think it really helps with the uh, humility of people seeing them sweat, seeing them fold up chairs. Yeah. You know, seeing them iron tablecloths. You know, seeing them put away the gloves and the mitts, you know, I love when people do that, man. I really do. There's something special about somebody who doesn't need to that still helps. I love the fact because it creates a sense of we're all in this together. Yes. Yes. You know, and and I'm sure. Yeah. And there's not a day that goes by, I'm sure, that Rick Warren doesn't realize he started, you know, a big team, you know, part of the team. So it was fun. So we had, it was a special day. We got to make lunch for, uh, at, at Rick and Case Foundation, and yeah, and um, what was the highlight of it for you, George? For me, yeah, the library by far. That was some of the most unique things I've ever seen in my life. Literally, letter from Abraham Lincoln. I mean, I love this public knowledge, right? Yes. Okay, a letter from Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> uh, Gandhi. Too late now, right? <laughs> yeah, Gandhi, uh, and then Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King, but the other one, Billy Roosevelt. Graham. Roosevelt on D Day. That's right. Yeah, man. No, dude's got some unique, unique things. The staff from the Ten Commandments, the, the God Rod. Yeah, from that, uh, Charlton Heston's Yeah, staff. from the Ten Commandments. Uh, Took and, tons of pictures yeah. of us holding that. No, man, that was a very, very unique place. Like, it, it's uh, insane to think I drove past there. Oh, you'd never know. Never know. Yeah, and it, and and it makes me wonder, what's out, what else is out there? Who else? <laughs> What other libraries can we go to? <laughs> well, it's, I, like Rick's a collector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And, but it's so unassuming. Oh, yeah. It's like a dental office. But which you which know is I mean? great. Yeah, yeah. No, it was very, uh, it was an interesting day, man. Interesting day. It went really well. But yeah, my li- the library was probably my favorite part. Yeah. Uh, so what are some of your questions? We try to set up questions for each other. Did you have any questions when we were supposed to do this the other day? Well, so here's the deal. Okay. So you're saying so you've been here at Saddleback for a while. I would also like you're right. I mean, not to cut you off. I know I do that a lot. Oh, uh, that's odd that you would cut me off, George. <laughs> I'm shocked that you cut me off. But or I would like subject. to say I listened to the last podcast we did, and we in the beginning were like, "Hey, welcome back," but it was our first podcast that we had broadcasted. Oh, got so it. I just want to say to everyone who's listening, when we say that, we had a couple episodes that we had did, but we didn't really post them to this uh account so when, just to let you know this is like our third or fourth episode but really it's only our second that we've broadcast yes okay so i've been here for a while yes okay and you've kind of shared about your experience as somebody that's brand new to church mm. kind of new to church or maybe church averse right i would i would say is that a, a that's a way better way because i i did have to go to church until i was a teenager yes um, and, and your observations are interesting of like looking at Christians. Right. And you seeing, oh, I see all these happy people. Right. Could you see yourself that way? 
happy or part of the church family? I mean, I don't want to say you I can't. And, you and your wife and your daughter? I don't want to say that I can't. Uh -huh. uh, it, I'm telling you, it's just, it, it comes down to just believing that somebody walked on water. It comes down to believing that somebody turned water into wine, ripped up a bunch of rolls and fed 400 people off of 40 rolls and fish. Like it's the miracles. That, that, that's what it is for all of me, for all, all of the reasons. It's not the, the uh, guidelines on how to live as a good person, because I believe in those. Mm -hmm. I believe in not hurting other people. I believe in, you know, most of the, the sins in the Bible, I believe should not be done. Uh, it's the miracles and it's the unwavering, one of the main things, it's the unwavering position of not being able to just say, you know what, I could be wrong, but this is what I believe. I, I just, for me, being a non-religious person, one of the biggest turnoffs is being told that somebody knows something without a doubt. I, I just can't wrap my head around that because we don't know without a doubt. We have faith, which erases doubt, right? I think that... So if, to answer your question, to be in the... <laughs> that was a joke. I'm totally joking. Go ahead. Oh, we're not joking. You're totally... No, 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 no. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I, I think that people of faith... I think every single person of faith has doubt. I think everybody... Really? Oh, of course. I have There's doubt. There's nobody out there that says, I know for sure I'm going up to heaven and my God loves me and all that? Because I hear that quite a bit. I embrace that through faith. Uh, and and I have I have faith in Jesus. I mean, I believe. Right. I I did not walk with Jesus. You know, so how do you have back, doubt? Back. If you have faith. Oh, I think every every follower of Christ has doubt. Every follower, of, I, I on a daily basis, I have to pray about it. And um, there's certain things I, I doubt. I doubt God's plan for me. I doubt um, my uh, my worthiness. I I doubt. Um, but those are all personal things. You mm -hmm. don't doubt that you're going to heaven. I have strong faith that Jesus is who he said he is. And I, I think just by studying the facts about who this man was, I mean, he had 12 disciples that lived with him and saw him. And if anybody could spot a phony, it would be them. And each one, almost all of the disciples died, laid their life down for him. They, they allowed themselves to be tortured and crucified or other horrible deaths. And you don't die for a phony. You don't lay your How life do you down for it. There's people that do that all the time. There's people that died in Waco because they believe David Crush was the guy. There's people that died in Jamestown because uh, Jim Jones was the guy. Like there, there, there's a bunch of people that literally lay their life down. People do it for their country. People do it for military reasons. So how can you say that people aren't doing that when they're doing it all the time? I think all, all that the disciples Because your had. cause is right? Well, no, I think that the disciples, all they would have had to say is, um, no, he wasn't God. Or he didn't, we didn't see him raised from the dead. But and, these and disciples like, are just people. That's correct. They're not like, and to be frank, weren't a lot of them like messed up dudes? Of course. So if I got 12 of my friends to come up and tell you, Chip, we totally believe George is the guy. That's enough to persuade people well if you've got 12 of your friends that hang out with you like i i hang out with you they would know me best is what you're saying well i i've hung out with you yeah and i cannot and if you said you were god i would laugh at it 
<laughs> I would laugh at that. The same For way, sure. the same way, you know, other people do. I, I think that there are people that are deluded. You know, I think that there. I mean, there's there's some. I think there are people that follow that are incredibly committed to the wrong thing. Um, like Dodger fans. Uh, <laughs> so my my point is, is that. You know, I think there's historical evidence for the fact that Jesus, I mean, secular evidence that, that a man named Jesus Christ existed, that he claimed to be God, that he had disciples, that he, uh, that his, and there's also historical, secular, non-Christian evidence that says that the historians at the time that said, okay, the, his followers believed that he rose from the dead. And for centuries, there's literature on that. that but that, do his doubters believe that he rose from it like there wasn't other people in the city that he rose from the dead that have accounts written down or anything like i'm not a disciple but hey i was there too oh that's a great question um i look i think of course there's people that that didn't believe in jesus then that didn't believe he was god back then and there's people today that don't believe that, that jesus is god but the fascinating thing is is i believe that in order to see that jesus is god in order to realize and to make that leap of faith, because it is, it's faith. And I think that's the only way we can embrace an infinite, all-knowing God. Because I can't fit God in my brain because I am finite. I am a created being. Even though I have, you know, trillions of brain cells or however many, it, I'm still a finite being. And I can't fit an infinite God. I can't fit his ways or his thoughts into my brain. I just can't. So the only way I can embrace him, fully embrace God, is through faith is by trusting him and knowing okay i'm gonna uh, i don't have it all figured out uh i don't know you know uh, i like the miracles and stuff like that i i believe he did it all i think he's god i think he can do everything i, I believe he spoke the world into existence i think the more and more we find out about our universe now i becomes i think that jesus saw the world in a unique way and i think that because he saw the reality of the world and i do believe that that he did miracles but i but i don't think it's a i don't think it's a deal breaker if somebody says you know what i'm not convinced about the miracles i'm not convinced about um maybe other things but but you know what i read his teachings and i trust that he was i trust that he was god see i i'll tell you what if there was a church where they're like hey this is what we think but if you don't believe it you can still chill here that's saddleback church uh, is it though oh totally totally okay then that's the only one right because well, most churches if you don't believe what they believe you're not supposed to be there no i think there's lots of churches out there so what do you say like what do you go oh how long have you been a, a christian well i'm not really a christian oh well how long have you been at saddleback oh well, i'm not really here either or well, how long do you believe in the lord oh well, i don't really believe that either like at what point are they gonna be like dude what are you doing here you can say hey I'm curious. I'm exploring. I I, I have an right, I have an, I have an open mind. The same way at the time of Christ, you know, the hey hey, this guy named Jesus is speaking down, you know, by the Sea of Galilee. Do you want to come and hear this guy? Some people say he's God. Why don't you come and listen for yourself and see what you think? So there's a lot of people there that trying to figure out, hey, is this God? The same way that that's well, going on today is that there's people trying to figure out, hey, is Jesus God? Right. And and I think that the church is a great place to go and to sit. And I don't think they're asking you to, to buy every single thing. And I, I, I sure don't. I, I you know, I, I believe. What don't you buy? Oh, 
<laughs> I I think that I think like the different churches have tradition and as opposed to just the Bible or and they might base their behavior more on tradition than as opposed to the word of God. I don't think I don't think Saddleback's like that. I think that I think that Saddleback really talks about basing it on the word of God. But the cool thing is any good church is not going to say, hey, take my word for it. Any good church is going to say, hey, read for yourself. Right. Get, right, your, right, get right. your face into the into the Bible and read it and let it change you. And I, and I believe, too, for sure that we are in uh, spiritual warfare, especially now. I, I, I just believe that there we're, we're not fighting against flesh and blood like the Bible says. We have spiritual forces. And what is at stake is our eternity. I think there's evil forces. I believe that Satan wants to keep you, George, from living forever in joy in the presence of God. He wants to, I, I firmly believe that, and I believe that God wants you to have eternity in his presence, have a joyful life here on earth, and also in all eternity. And, that sounds and I, great. It I, just seems like the ultimate catch-22, man. You got to live this way, but you're not going to get your reward until you die. It's like the ultimate grip. See, that's a total misnomer. That's, it's not that's, though, man. What, what, so you okay. So your rewards, I don't know. What are your rewards before you get to heaven? Oh, dude, dude. Um, peace of mind. Yes. Love, joy, peace. So why do I patience, need a church for those things? Kindness. Because you are a sinner, George, the same way I am. Okay. But that doesn't mean I'm not a good person. It doesn't mean I don't deserve to go to heaven just because I didn't ask the Lord as my holy savior. You don't deserve to go to heaven. You don't, you're, yeah. God, God is a perfect God. God is a perfect God. And God made a way for you to have a relationship with you. He said, I'm going to send my son that's going to pay the price for every sin that you've ever committed, every sin that you're ever going to commit, so you don't have to spend your life trying to be good enough to have a relationship with God. I, I get that. And then, and we, as we accept that, when, when we, I believe when we accept Christ, we get Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit alive inside of us. And we might not feel like it, but I think God is at work. The minute we say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to trust you. You know, I didn't see you do the miracles. You know, I didn't see you heal the blind, but I trust you. I trust that you're God. It's because it's a, 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 it's a leap of faith. I, I looked at the both subjective evidence and the objective evidence. I have seen... Jesus changed lives. And I saw before I was a believer, I saw Jesus work in the lives of people. And I said, that's a miracle. And now that I'm a follower of Christ, I can say I'm a living miracle. I, you know, I am a, I see my life transformed. I have joy. I have peace in the midst of a raunchy, you know, a horrible situation. And it doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from, um, my intellect or my social status or my bank account, it comes from having a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And that's a step of faith. And, and we are, like I said, in absolute warfare where every every day Satan wants to steal our joy and our peace. And he, he wants to, you know, the Satan is called the accuser. He's the one that's going to say, oh, you did that? Or how dare you go to church? Because what you looked at online this morning or, or what you smoked or whatever, Satan is the big accuser. Are you picking on me? Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, just stating the facts, George. Well, two things that come to mind, and I'm glad you brought one of those things up. Two things that come to mind is, I think I've, we've had this conversation before in here where you said God loves you unconditionally. 
Yes. And I was of the opinion that if God loved me unconditionally, if he created me, yep. then I should be able to get into heaven whether I call myself a Christian or not. If God truly loved me, mm-hmm. no matter what, unconditionally, mm-hmm. that means no conditions, then I feel that I should go to heaven when I die. He made me. He's the one that put me here, uh, according to the, the... Well, I think that's a really good point. Um, and, you know, you know why, you know, a lot of people say, hey, I'm a really good person. Why do, Why can't I get into heaven? And especially when they see Christians messing up. Oh, look, look, Christians mess up. I mean, just look around. The, the, the only one that's perfect was Jesus. I am not... The, the reason I'm, I get to go to heaven isn't because I'm good enough, isn't because I keep all the rules because that is impossible and god knows it's impossible he is a perfect flawless god and he sent his son jesus to die so that i don't have to carry my sin around and it's my free choice god doesn't want anybody to be in heaven that does not want to be there he's not going to force that that would be that's the definition of hell would be forcing somebody to be somewhere where they do not want to be right and so that's why he gives an invitation you know, he gives an invitation and he says, Hey, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. You've got to open the door. Um, you know, if you, uh, you know, he doesn't barge into your home. It's up for you. If you're having a, a get together, it's up for you to open that door and say, come on in. Why doesn't he give you that choice? Once you die, like, why does he make you make that choice on earth? with all of these things to succumb to and all these sins, mm-hmm. why doesn't he, if he loves you, why doesn't he let you live your life and then when you die, hey, check this out. we got the pearly gates right there. I made you, so you know, I'm going to give you the choice. Mm-hmm. you got the pearly gates right there. you got hell right there. All your friends are down there. You can come up here with me. Mm-hmm. See, because, George, with all love and humility, you are profoundly deluded. Okay. And, and I'm going to tell you that, that I'm deluded as well. I... I think there's things that I'm just wrong about. You know, there's things that I, we live in a world where there's so much um, deception. And uh, for me, my process growing in my faith is I find more and more the truth of God helps me peel across, peel away the delusions of this world. You know, the delusion that, you know, if I only have more stuff that I'll be happier. If I only get high, you know, I'll be happier. If I only have enough sex, I'll be happy. That's that's of the world. Preach it, and I and I and I really think, and I think that a lot of times people approach um, life. Hey, if I only get more stuff, and, and I've I've met all those people that have tons of stuff, that have tons of sex, that have tons of, and and they're miserable. And I would say, God created you, and we both are uh, agreement on that. He created us. He created this world. He knows how we can get the most out of this experience of being alive. And that's why Jesus, he said, look, I came uh, not to condemn. I, you know, I was just reading this morning at Romans 8, chapter 1. There's, therefore, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. He came that you would have an abundant life. You know, he said, I made you. You know, I created sex. I created everything on the earth. You know, if you want to enjoy it the way I intended it to be enjoyed, it makes sense that who created it would know the best way to use it. The, the guy that made the... The car, they're going to know how to run that car better than anybody else. I want to talk to the guy that made the car. Um, and so God is saying, I. so my point is, sorry for a long-winded answer. My point is, 
is that it, we're deluded when we're thinking that uh, God is keeping us from experiencing all the great things that life has to out offer. The absolute opposite is true. God, Jesus walked this earth and he's saying, hey, if you want to live an adventure, if you want your life to be a flat out blast, follow me. Follow me. And there are people back at, at Jesus' time that Jesus walked up to them on the shore and said, follow me. And they left their, you know, they left their nets and their boats, their, the way of making a living, their whole identity, their social status, their, their past. They left it and they followed Jesus Christ because there was something about him. And there's still people today that, that have an encounter with Jesus Christ. But it's an encounter where we have to invite him in. It's not something that he's going to force his way in. Uh, and, you know, in order to have a, a relationship with anybody, you got to open that door and let them in. And that's what becoming a Christian is. And you're not saying, hey, I know everything there is to know about Christ. I don't. When I accepted Christ, I don't. I still don't know all there is to know. I, I, I will never, as long as I'm in, in a human body, I'm never going to know all there is to know about God. I know it a tiny, tiny fraction. But it's a step of faith. It's saying, from what I can understand with my brain and my understanding, is I want to invite you in to my life, and I want to. And I once we do that, once we say okay, then then we have the Holy Spirit alive in us, so that when we're reading the Word of God, it it makes sense to us. When we when we look at the world, it makes things make sense that didn't make sense. And sometimes that's an instantaneous thing. Sometimes that takes a while. But the Bible says that the only way we can really understand God's will is to have God, God alive inside of us and to allow and to invite him in. And that's what becoming a Christian is. Yeah, I know that. I just, like I said, it's the, it's really hard to call myself something if I'm not going to walk the walk. I just don't want to say, yeah, I am Christian and then keep falling back in my old ways. To me, that's a hypocrite. To, I'm, I, I don't know if it's I have more uh, respect for myself or whatever I don't know but I know that a lot of the things that are required for me to become a Christian I'm not ready to do yet I'm not ready to watch my language I'm not ready to you know stop doing the things that I, I do find joy in and I don't want to be told that I'm wrong for liking those things that's the thing that gets me is that we're on this earth for a very small amount of time we really, really are. We are a grain of sand in an hourglass as far as human, our lives. You're what, 80? On average, if you're doing good, mm -hmm. you're going to live to be 80-something years old? Yep. That is not long. And what, you got maybe 40 of those years where you can be athletic and you can be, you know, going around. You can have fun. You can go dancing. You you know, do all the things you like. And I get you can dance in church. I get that you can have fellowship at church. I get but, and it goes back to another reason of why I have, dude, you guys have been trying to recruit me for years, man. Mm -hmm. For years and years and years and years and years and years. I, I have had friends that have gone to church like, George, you're so cool, man. We got to get you part of this. I've dated girls that were Christian. They wanted me to be a part of their church. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just them having a, they want to be the one to save me or, or what it is, mm -hmm. or I, I don't know why, but I just... I feel like I'm a good person. I don't feel like I'm doing a bunch of bad things. And I, I don't know what I'm doing that would keep me out of heaven. If I'm a righteous person, I just don't feel like me saying a couple words, Lord, forgive me and come into my life. 
is the deal breaker on me having salvation after I die if I've lived a good life. I just can't wrap my head around that. And you know what? If there was a God, if there was a religion that said, hey, man, you know what? Just be good to everybody else and you can get in. You don't have to get dipped in water. You don't have to eat a, a wafer. You don't have to, you know, take a prayer. Just do good. We'll figure out when you die. I guarantee that would be easier for humans to wrap their heads around instead of literally labeling it. You, you got to label it. So when you label something, you're now, you've created a space where if you don't agree with that label, you're not welcome. Now, if you don't, if you're not Catholic, don't come on this side of the street. If you're a Christian, don't come on this side of the street. And that's just separating people. It's not bringing people together. Mm -hmm. It literally is separating people. And like I said before, it, it feels a lot of the times like uh, religion is just a way to capital to monetize spirituality. You know, it really feels like it, it, religion is just them making money off you wondering where we go when we die. Hmm. You wondering what's going to happen after all this, you know, and it's just, do you, it's believe hard, man. do you believe there's an afterlife? I honestly, I don't know, man. Okay. I don't know. Do you believe that there's a God? A? Uh, I don't know. Okay. It's, that's, it's hard for me to say yes. It's it, 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 just because... <laughs> We've been around for so long. There's no, for, for me, there's just no signs. And it just seems like a lot of the things we be believe 2,000 years ago are just not our way of thinking anymore. It's just not how we do things. We don't sacrifice goats anymore. We don't do all these crazy things that we were doing. So why, if all these other things change through time, why not those? Well, I think they're, they're constant. I think the uh, the human condition is a constant. Um, there are things that are relevant then that are relevant now. Sure. Uh, and and I think that the the core issue of sin. Uh, I think that the people were in sin then, and I think they're in sin now. And God gives us a choice now. Uh, I don't think that. I don't want to live. I would not want to follow a God that says in order to have a relationship with him, I had to be good enough or I had to keep the rules because that's what you're saying, George. You're saying that your salvation is based on you being a good person. Well, what's a good person? How good a person do you have to be? What's the difference between you and another good person? Am I, am I a good? Well, what's the difference between you and Hitler? Or you, you know, Hitler thought he was a good person too, George. About three inches. I'm about four inches taller than him. <laughs> Hmm. I, no, I don't know, man. Hitler, that's a horrible example. It's like you could pick the worst human. That is correct. But okay. There are, there are, there so are. if right before he killed himself, him and Ava Braun down in the bunker, he, they were like, hey, you know what, Lord, I'm totally wrong. I accept you as my holy savior. Hitler's going to be up in heaven? If it, if it was a sincere repentance. I think that it just doesn't seem right to me. Because it's not, that's what every other religion in the world says, that your relationship with God or going to heaven is based on being good enough. It's works based on what you do. And 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 how sad to live a life where you're saying, you know, my relationship with God is based on me being a good person. Well, my question is, how good a person do you have to be? Better than the next guy? You're always going to find somebody that you're better than, you know? Yeah. Rather than why not trust God who made a way. He, he, made, he, he created us. He made a way 
for us to have a relationship with him. And he said, I, he says, I know you're trying to be a good person. You know, I know you, you want to do the right thing, but you don't. You know, uh, the guy that wrote most of the New Testament, a guy named Paul, said, hey, I want to do the right thing, but I just can't. And I don't. That's the guy that wrote most of it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm in that same boat. I'm the guy that says, hey, I want to do the right thing, but I just can't. I don't. I don't. You know, I mean, I, if people look at me from the outside, they say, oh, he's really together. He's following Christ. He leads Bible studies. But I fall short on a daily basis. How? Oh, I could go on and on. Give one example. I doubt. I fear. See, those are just human <laughs> traits, man. You heard me say those aren't sins. <laughs> I'm just saying those aren't sins. Those are just human traits. Those are just things that come along with being a human being on this earth. Okay. And I'm supposed to be made feel feel guilty about having normal human emotions? No. No. But yeah, you. I am. Gluttony. Uh, just wanting more. I'm supposed to be guilty? Well, well let's get feel back. Feel bad about it? Let's get back to the, the small point I was making. And that is, it's not, I think the, the a very cool thing would be to say, you know, you've got uh, all of humanity and you're saying, okay, th those of you that are good enough, that are good people are going to go into heaven based on what you do, based on, you know, uh, you know, yeah, you gave individually, money to, what, what you, individually based, whether you gave money to charity, whether you were a good parent, whether you were nice. So it's, it's like, how good? Where's the threshold? Then, then you become God in your universe. Then you're deciding whether you get to go to heaven or not. God saw, you know, God created no, 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 no. He made a way, and that's through Jesus Christ. He you do your best at tryouts. Tryouts is life. Mm -hmm. All right? We're trying out for the team. Mm -hmm. Team's up in heaven. Mm -hmm. You live your life. It's your whole tryout. Mm -hmm. Once you die, you get up there. They say, hey, did a good job. You can make the team. Not, that's, it should be performance-based. Performance based, a thousand percent. Dude, it should not be. Oh, I can screw up, and then if the last minute, if I want, I can get to heaven. That seems like a slap in the face to all the people who have been living their lives trying to be good, and, and get to the same place, get the same reward, get the same participation trophy. That's uh, I can't get on board with that. I'm not. Well, that's not. Have you read the Bible? Do you know what the Bible says about that? No. Well, the Bible says. Um, some, it, it talks about rewards in heaven, and I believe that there there are people that are going to have. Um, I think when we accept Christ, we have eternal salvation. We have a relationship with God, and it's a theological thing. But there are people that, based on what the Bible says, that believe that there are people that will have a greater reward in heaven based on their their faith, uh, on on how they. So they have a different type of salvation. They have a different type I think of it's light. A, I think it's the same salvation, but I I think that it's uh, a little warmer. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but but I think it's a I think it's a peripheral issue. I think that I think that a works based. That's like some is performance based then. No, um, salvation, eternal life in the presence of God is not is is, is a free gift. And with any free gift, if somebody said, "Hey, here's a gift that I'm giving you." And you said, "Okay, let me earn it." You know, here's here. I'm going to give you some hard-earned money. Then it's no longer a gift. Sure. Like if, if I gave you, you know, here, here, George, I um, I have a special gift for you, and I gave it to you, and you said, "Okay, uh, well, um, uh, I'm going to I'm going to pay you for that." Then it's no longer a gift. I understand that. Then but you're that's transactional. The uh, the Bible says about rewards, and some people will have a special place in heaven rather than the other people.
So it is performance-based. I think salvation is a distinction between salvation and rewards. I think salvation... Is salvation the reward? It's um, one. It's, it's the initial one. It's the one that counts. What, their super salvation? I, no, I think that there's salvation that's based on what Jesus Christ did. And then I think that there are going to be... Um, you know, the Bible does talk about rewards in heaven. And I think... Such as? Oh, I don't know. I can't even imagine it. And that's a whole other... Like that's the 40 a, virgins, it, 40 mansions type thing? I think it's a peripheral... Uh, so I'll say no, but I'll say that that's a, <laughs> a peripheral... It's a, it's a non-essential issue. I, I don't I don't walk with Christ so that I get a bigger reward in heaven. Uh, I, I walk with Christ because of what he's already done. He's already, uh, he's already made me completely holy and completely pure and completely forgiven. And it's not based on me working hard, me being good enough, me doing all the right things because nobody does. Nobody does. I don't want, I don't want a performance based relationship with God because you know what that is? That's one day you did a good job. And then the other day you didn't. What if I die and I had a screwy up there? No, no, no. You accumulate all the good days and you accumulate all the bad days and whichever ones you have more of, that's what your performance is based on. It's not just based on one day and a bunch of good ones. If you live a majority of a good life, we're all going to go through struggles, man. We're all going to do bad stuff. It just, it, you can't, I don't want to ever meet a human that didn't make mistakes. Mm -hmm. I don't want to ever meet that perfect person. You ever talk to the perfect guy at the party who did No one talks to that guy. No, no one, the napkin's got to be perfect. Man. No one wants to go stand by that guy. We want to talk to the guy who spilled his drink every now and then. The guy who, you know, got yeah. a little stuff on his shirt. Yeah. The guy's got a story, not the clean guy. I, I just think what a tra honestly, what a, a, a tragedy and what a horrible thing to say, okay, all, all those that are good enough based on your own works are going to go to heaven. And those that aren't good enough aren't going to go to heaven. Because that's what you're saying. You're saying that. In order to get into heaven, it's 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 being good enough, and the Bible says nobody's good enough. It's a reward. It is, but it's, it's the whole point. You don't get rewarded for doing bad. It's not. You don't get rewarded for not being a good person. And if you do, that's not fair. Well, there's a lot of unfairness, but the, the point is, the point is, is that Jesus, God loves us enough. You know, He created you. He loves you more than I I do. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I felt your love more than his. And I love you. Yeah. Well, you know what? Well, I mean, I'm just saying on a human level, mm -hmm. I, I feel you, you always say you appreciate me. You all, you got things for my daughter. You're always thinking of us. Like, I, I truly believe you care about us. I, I do. can't say that I feel that from this all-knowing presence that people call God. Like, I don't feel the world loves me. Do you know how God loves you, George? By bringing me to Saddleback of Rick Warren's library. Exactly. <laughs> no, he, he loves you through people. He loves you through people. Sure. It's not a mistake that you're sitting across the table from me, George. Ah, it's so little, easy to say that. It, it's, it, but it's a reality. It's, it's God has chosen you, George. He wants you to have a relationship with you. And I saw one time... You, you wrote to Teresa, your wife, on a post or on a on a, a, a picture, a screenshot that you sent me, and under it said, um, maybe God's reaching out to you the same way that uh, God is reaching out to me through Chip, and I think that, that is true. I think God's reaching out to you 
I'd love to know what that picture was. Oh, uh, it was you looking at it was the nuns in the park or something. Oh, oh no! Teresa went and had a play date, mm-hmm. and man, you're scoping my phone. <laughs> you showed it to me. No, no, no. She me. went to a play date, and she said it. Oh, she said, I think God's reaching out to me like he is to you. Cause at the play date, there was a bunch of nuns at the, at back bay. And, uh, that was when I first started working here. So I think God is reaching out to you and he's, he wants to say, I love you enough, but I want you to know that you're going to spend eternity in heaven. And I want you to know I've already paid the price. So you do, you don't have to worry about being good enough. You don't have to worry about did I meet my quota? Did I do enough good days as opposed to bad days? It's it's a matter of, of accepting what Jesus has already done. Because we've talked about, I mean, back in the days of Christ, the, the, the Jews, the way they had a relationship with God is they had to take their best animal or their best crops right. and they would sacrifice them. And every time, and that would that would pay the penalty of their sin. So they would keep sacrificing, and they weren't sure. Oh, I gotta sacrifice another thing. And and God said, hold it, hold it, hold it. I'm gonna pay the price once and for all. So you don't have to have, keep worrying about whether your sins are forgiven. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay the price once and for all. I'm gonna send my son Jesus. And this was his plan all along. I'm gonna send my son Jesus. He's gonna pay the price for all the sins you've ever committed and all the sins that you're ever gonna commit. Right. And it's a dumb thing. And and it's not like I have to get up every morning and say, God forgive me, God forgive me. Um, because he already has. And I don't have to live my life saying, Am I good enough? Uh, am I gonna get saved? Uh, do you love me? It's a done deal. And I and, and and when and you said that you were saying, oh, Chip, you have good works in your life. True. That is true. I, 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 I love doing things for other people. I love being used by God. But I don't do that to earn my salvation. I do that because I'm saved. I do that because I'm already forgiven. I've already got a perfect score. I've already gotten a perfect score on my exam that I, I turned in. Uh, I've already got a standing ovation, not because of me, but because of Jesus Christ. So I can go through my life. Um, going, God, thank you, God, thank you, and that's I want to live my life out of gratitude, out of thankfulness, because I don't, I don't have the burden of sin anymore. That has been taken off me. I don't have the burden of wondering, did I, was I good enough? Did I have enough good days this this year, uh, as opposed to my bad days? Uh, it's all done, and that's the, that's the story of salvation, George. That's the story of Christ, and it's not a mistake that you're here. God's chosen you. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds great, man. It's the truth. It does. It's it sounds truth. great. It, it sounds. Uh, listen, one of the envious things I have with super religious people is there has to be some type of relief of wholeheartedly believing you know where you're going after you die. Yep. There has to be a, a certain amount of, ah, oh, man, I don't trip on. Because that, especially having a rogue, a five-year-old daughter, I just turned 48, there's going to be a long time that she's on this earth without me. Yeah. Majority of her life will be without me. Yep. And there's nothing, there's nothing on in my whole 48 years on this planet that has made me contemplate my mortality more than being a father at this age. Yeah. No religion, no books, no spe- spoken word, no... 
anybody has ever told me anything. No, seeing my daughter young and going, dude, I'm not going to be here for a long time. She's going to be here without me. So I do think about where am I going to go? Am I going to be able to look after her? Am I going to be able to watch over her? You know, they yeah. say you have your yeah. angels and stuff. Yeah. Are we going to get to go to the same spot afterwards? Yeah. Like, what if I, that would be horrible if I accepted Jesus as my savior and she didn't. Like the fact that God can put me in a position where I don't spend afterlife, the, the eternity with my kid. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, that seems horrible. That seems horrible. So it just, it's it's a rough road, man. It's a, it's a, it's it's a uh, he, it's not, not an easy one. Well, he's not going to force himself on rogue either. You know, she she will have the opportunity. Yeah, I get that, it. I know, get it. And 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 what a joyous thing! What a joyous thing to spend eternity. That would eternity be great. With, what if I can't with rogue? What if she doesn't? What if she decides she's you know agnostics, atheists, or Catholic, or you know whatever. That's we don't know what the future holds, you're and, right. and and you know, and 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 God's not asking me, He's not asking your neighbor, He's not asking whoever, He's asking you, George. He's knocking on your door, yeah. And He's saying, Hey, you can let me in, and He's saying, Hey, do you want to, you know, invite me in, even though you don't have it all figured out, you know, don't, even though you're not sure if the miracles happen, that's all right, all that stuff's fine, maybe. It would be easier for me me to make that choice if I got a plus one into heaven. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's you're gonna you know you came into you came into this world by yourself, and we're all gonna go before the Lord by ourselves. And He's gonna look every single one of us. He's gonna look at our life, and He's gonna look at our works, and it's not gonna be enough. But Jesus is gonna say, "Hold it! I paid the price for George, and you're gonna come on in." And I have a strong feeling. That if you gave your life to Christ, that Rogue would give her life to Christ. Oh well, yeah, that's a good, good chance of that. I would say, if you if you look at, I hate to say like statistics, but if you just look at the st- statistics, when a father becomes a Christian, it it you know it changes the whole dynamic right, right. of that family. You know, trickle down effect. Oh yeah, yeah. the whole. Don't get me started. No, I bet I believe that. Yeah, yeah. but. It's a matter of, um, of, you know, God letting us accept Christ. It's up to us. Yeah. All right. Well, this is another good conversation. Thank you, George. Yeah, man. Good day today. One of our better conversations. Yeah. I, you know, look how many people, like, you got to go hang out with Rick Warren today. <laughs> Dude, sign the book for my friend's mom. Sign your book for your friend's mom. Totally. We got to, we got to. Go, the better question is library. how many non-Christians get to hang out where I got to hang out. Well, I bet that's an even better question. That's a good question. Yeah. I bet that's even slimmer. Anyway. Infiltrating. But, what do they call that? Uh, agent provocateur. <laughs> but you know what's fun? George, honest to God, as you're speaking, it will be fun to look back at this in a few weeks or a few months or a couple years. I'm like, remember how naive you were, George? Or remember, your, I, I love the fact that we are recording your perspective now. As it grows or changes As it change. or stays the same. And I and I see change in you, whether you realize it or not. Uh, I remember the, when you first started, we first started hanging out, you were super quiet. Yeah. You were, you know, and I just kept to myself because you would like chop the vegetables or whatever here. <laughs> and didn't really want to talk. <laughs> You're a different guy here. Now 
Uh, it was weird for me at first. Yes. Yeah, it was weird. Now people see you and they go hug you. I know, right? I know. <laughs> Today it, it know. looks crazy. Yeah, like some lady, some I forget her name. She came right over to you and hugged you. I thought, oh, oh that's the photographer cool. lady. Um, a little short check. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, I feel bad. I didn't know her name, but yeah, she was at the retreat, the conference we did. She was photographer, photographer the whole time. Oh, cool. The uh, international one. Hey, you guys, this has been Inside Out. Great discussion today with uh, with Chip and George. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, keep us in your prayers. Stop by Saddleback. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Later. <laughs>